I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Whether your relationship just fell apart and your ex got to keep the bed or you got bed bugs and are super broke, take it from me. Sometimes you need a mattress on the fly. And you know the stats. You spend a 30-year life in bed. A good night's sleep is crucial for productivity and general wellness. That's why I'm so excited to say that today's episode of Please Advise is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper has premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. They've cut out the middleman, aka those creepy showrooms where you lie on beds in front of strangers and feel forced to make a decision so that you, the consumer, don't have to deal with any markups or pushy salespeople. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash advise and enter promo code advise. Try it out for 100 nights. And if you don't like it, send it back for a full refund and you will like it. Former Please Advise guest Jackie Johnson sleeps on a Casper and she loves it. That's casper.com slash advise. Enter promo code advise. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's episode 105 of Please Advise. I have brought back one of your favorite guests today and also my favorite guest, Edward Hansen. Hey, Please Advise Nation. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How, I, I, how, how is the Please Advise Nation doing? I think they're doing okay. Lots of interesting stuff. I yeah. um, I got I get a lot of snaps now. I'm loving Snapchat. You're on it, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Edward Hansen won? I'm Edward Hansen won. 
And that's with an E-N because I'm Danish. Yes, it is. And so um, you should follow Ed. But I've been having a lot of fun on Snapchat and interacting with a lot of Please Advise Nation. People are so cute. They like... Well, when they get their like loot crate or like their blue apron or their glossier or whatever, like any of the sponsors we've had, they always send me little snaps being like, I used your code and I'm loving it. That makes me so happy because like, first of all, it just makes me really excited and happy that we've built up enough of an audience that people want to advertise with us, but also fuck nature box. But also (laughs) um, just like, you know, that you guys actually go through and use them and then enjoy the products. Like I've got so many messages about box of style like I, it just really makes me happy when you guys use our code for lots of reasons but one because it makes me happy to see that you're getting deals so i get some snaps from please please advise nash and i always appreciate appreciate i'm having trouble talking i have no idea why i you know what sometimes when i do when i the first episode i always have a little bit of trouble like i start mumbling into it yeah. like when especially when we do the lifetime podcast because it's not something that please advise the well-oiled machine i kind of know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah but like i i if i haven't been talking enough recently i will i sound like a, a mumbling drunk i think like, i'm also like trying not to be so accenty but i just gotta let it go you gotta let it go you i gotta, gotta em- let it go you know you i just em- gotta be me yeah, this isn't- Kenya. i just gotta you know i don't come here no i'm just kidding it's just gotta <laughs> no. be a little rosie perez you, know, you, gotta, you gotta embrace your rosie perez a little rosie your perez. j-lo a little, mm, maybe <laughs> oh my god i don't Christina, know if like it. npr can handle your flave but i love your you flave. know what they should because like maybe that would get more people of color to listen i mean there you go because also, that was the, that would stop me from listening latinos are the highest social media like users me. they're the most active social media users of any ethnic demographic so you know it would behoove them to why tap don't into the latino demographic because they're the highest social media so when you read copied can you read it in your and your natural speaking voice or do you put on a little bit of like a formality? when i do it i do put a bit of formality because it's a commercial and i want people to understand like people who aren't from the new york area to understand me like i'm talking right now in the voice but that's that so many there's so many people that's corporate christina that love <laughs> there's so many I- people that love to hear unique voices and in fact unique voices is what terrestrial radio has always been about like most morning show hosts in any given city you go to they have the strongest accent and uh i think that you know having an accent i mean look if they can have everyone on an npr with a fucking speech impediment why can't christina use her brooklyn accent here it's because it's (laughs) like there's this perception that it's not um professional or it's not like for clarity or there's not not good diction you know what I mean? Well, oh, speaking of not good diction. Uh, not like, good no diction. Offense, that like, wasn't even great no, grammar. No, no, no. But I'm just saying not good diction. Like, in addition. But that's like, coded language. But my, I guess my point is, is that if I have to listen to so many people with literally like, I mean, God bless it. My brother has a speech impediment. Not everyone can work through it in their adult life. Same thing. Not everyone had braces. But the point is, is that I don't understand why. With if you have a very noticeable speech impediment, why you would go into radio? Like, what is the correlation between working in public radio and having some sort of speech? I don't know if to say like difference. What? Why? How? Why is that? Why do so many people with lists wind up on This American Life? <laughs> that I don't know. And I will also say, like, my employers haven't said anything about my voice. I'm not an on-air personality anyway. It's just something that I've inferred and imposed on my on myself. Just you know, noticing and being in the sphere. My employers have NPR never said anything about have, my voice. Has an international accent. <laughs> yeah, there's the they, NPR. They voice. have all the NPR. That's like, a thing. hello, you've reached NPR. Like, it's very you know, uh, it's yeah. like. 
Sylvia so, Pagoli and yeah. Beyond News. Yeah, it's very... But also, that said, what is with all the lists? Not even on Let's Take the NPR out of it. How am I listening to so many podcasts? And I, look, I get a lot of comments about my voice. My voice is grating to many people. But I will tell you this. If I talk like this, you would not be hearing me on the radio. Oh, really, like, Zorinda? You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be hearing that. And it's like, I know that's mean. Look, I know I'm going to get some backlash on that. I, I still listen to shows where people have very thick speech impediments, but I know I, uh, a million of, I know a million people in the world that um, and, and a great percentage of them have speech pattern problems. Um, but then why does that such a great percentage of those people with speech pattern problems wind up on radio, the one medium where there is nothing but voice? I don't know. I don't know. I find a speech impediment slightly charming at times. Sure. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I just really like the sound of a little speech impediment. Like, I do I think too. It's, I think it's adorable. Like, like a, a lisp? Yeah, like a little lisp or like I just, you know, because it, it's not like in a patronizing way, but it just makes you like, oh, that's cute. They have a little lisp. You know, it's like it's like one of a person's quirks. Absolutely. I well, wait. Like so it. this is interesting that you already mentioned Dorinda because someone tweeted, someone in my batch group tweeted something about how like, you know, Lorinda, uh, Lorinda Dorinda's drinking is bad when um, they have to subtitle her speech. Uh-huh. And like, even yeah. in the subtitle, there's nonsense words. Yeah. And in my mind, it's like Dorinda always has a speech impediment. The way she talks is a form of a lisp. That's how my brother. It's like a Berkshire's lisp. It's it, a Berkshire's it, accent meets a lisp. I it's, believe the correct terminology for it is like the the lisp is more wide. It's my it's what Mitchell has. My brother Mitchell sound, and that's exactly what it is. She also has a new a Boston accent though, and I've picked up on that yeah. more and more. She's a little bit of a Boston accent. Her but, brother lives in Boston, right? I feel like Dorinda's gay brother lives in Boston. Probably, who but by also the way the Berkshire's is adorable. Is Massachusetts, I, yeah, you know? right, right. So, um, and that's it's a, Western Massachusetts, right? Is it? Yes, yeah. but also like even it's it's crazy because like the South Shore has a, a certain Boston accent mm-hmm. to it. Even Western Mass, like you get all the way out there, you're not hearing a lot of different voices. Also, like I had a really good. Oh my god, I had a friend who in high school, and someone asked him why he didn't have a Boston accent, but his sister had such a bad accent. And he's like, because I'm educated. And I'm like, that is so real. Like, that is so real. Like, you went to a school where the teachers don't have really thick Boston accents. They have to speak in a very proper manner. Like, you know, my grandmother would say that the Boston accent is the truest to the way that you're supposed to speak English. She'd say we speak the King's English. Yeah. Um, but, but I would say yeah. like the old Boston accent, maybe. I forget what it's called specifically. Proper it's Bostonian. Kind of like, it's how my it's, grandfather It's spoke. kind of like how uh, Barbara Walters talks. It's John Lithgow is how, is how he talks. And that's okay. the proper Bostonian accent. Yeah. yeah. For your millennial listeners, John Lithgow um, is an older <laughs> actor who was in Raising Kane? And- There's Third Rock reruns on. Okay. Dexter. Dexter. Also, you Dexter. Oh, right. He was on Dexter. <gasps> he was probably the oh, best villain. I'm not going to say what he did to Deb on Dexter, but it was not cute. Should I be and watching Deb, Dexter? Um, And by Deb, I mean Dexter's girlfriend, who was Foxy and Jawbreaker. Um, <laughs> I would say that first three seasons that of Dexter. That was the sister, not the wife. Deb, that's what I'm saying. What was the girl, the wife? What was her name? That's what I'm saying. I can't remember her name, but she was Foxy and Jawbreaker. Foxy. Um, Rita. Rita. Oh, what John Lithgow did to Rita. And also, John Lithgow is the scariest person ever. 
Oh, he like, is? Like, he really, yeah. As an actor, you mean he's such a good actor? He's such a good, no, yeah, but also, like, slightly terrifying. Like, you met him in real life and he terrified you? I imagine. Oh, okay, like, if this I had met him. made up. By the way, yeah. speaking of proper Boston moments, do we all remember when I met Miss Marsha Gay Harden in the Boston Commons and I no. pretended to be lost? No. Yeah, I saw Marsha Gay Harden in the Boston Commons. And you are so annoying. I cannot I literally, pretended to be I pretended lost. to be lost. It was Marsha Gay. Marsha Gay Harden. Okay, yeah. people. So, and you had just come out. I mean, it all yeah. made sense. I had to corner her because I right. had to have a moment with Marsha Gay Harden. It's like seeing a human crystal. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. had to touch her. Yeah. Like I had to get and her And what'd she say? She gave me direction. She said she was from, not from the area, but she, gave, she had a map and she was with her baby was and her an husband. Was it an old school map? Mm, it was like a Boston tourist guide sort of map. Okay. And I think they'd done the duck tour and they were walking around the commons. By the way, Boston is not that difficult of a city to navigate. So much like Marsha Gay Harden, I was an excellent actress. Yes, absolutely yeah. true. Oh no, I'm lost. Hey, Ed, do you have three reasons why you're qualified to give advice on today's show? Yeah. Um, number one, I've lived like a shitload of life and mm-hmm. I've had several different career personal, emotional, spiritual, and lifetime trajectories. Yes. So there's one. Number two, I've lived in a few different major cities in America and Canada. So I've been around. I've been around different types of people. Um, Number three, I think I am enough of an outsider. Like I've spent a lot of my life as, as, as other. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was like, you know, the little closeted boy at an all boys Catholic school on the football team, yeah, I gained enough otherness where my in, inner monologue was very, like, very active. So it made me pay attention to people and their behaviors and their dynamics. So I think maybe those are three reasons if I had to name three. I think they were great. And by the way, like, I just have to ask you, because I've been wondering about this a lot. I've been meaning to ask you. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Um, We're getting been, so many emails about these. I've been meaning at, I don't care. Uh, I've been meaning to ask you guys. Or we're pro-list pair. By the way, can we just say we're pro-list? My, bro- my favorite brother okay. out of my entire, and I say that. I, I'll tell the other two. I'll tell my sister and my other brother. Hashtag list, affer- list affirmative. See, I have a list. Yeah. I, oh, my mom says she has one. I think I have a speech impediment. I probably I have a list that you're attacking us I'm if sure. you're attacking speech impediments for uh, us impersonating a speech impediment. How do you feel about singers with lisps? Like who? Like Sam Smith used to have a little bit of a lisp. Love when he it. Sang. Love. Love it. Um, but my question for you was, um, you know, obviously Iowa's been in the news a lot lately. Mike Pence is uh, Donald Trump's running mate. And I was wondering just from you as, the, as one of the few people I know that's lives, lived or spent time in Iowa, <laughs> what are the people of Iowa like? Um, the people of Iowa are very, very nice. Um, a lot of them, uh, there are weird, extremely liberal pockets of Iowa. And then there are weird, frightening pockets of like KKK in Iowa, stuff like that. Yeah. So Iowa is a very it's a very strange place because the even town to town you can find a juxtaposition of culture like i lived in cedar rapids iowa which the general i think general mills is like a big plant there yeah so every wednesday the entire town smelled like shit because the rotting wheat they would process it and so you would literally have to like you're like okay it's shit time like you have to roll up your windows and like literally was a very blue collar town wild and then i lived sort of off a highway adjacent (laughs) 
Honey, literally, I can't imagine. Literally me off a highway adjacent to a town of like 900 people that was called Mount Vernon, Iowa. It was a college town. There was one street with like th- two restaurants and a coffee shop. And it was adorable. And everyone there was like, and they're super educated. And they're like very dedicated to liberal values because they think, because Iowa, they do consider themselves liberals. Yeah. Even though they are amongst conservative farming people because it's like far it's a farming agricultural like state it's those people that are that uh vote for finances that bum me out the most in the world yeah financial reasons yeah. is just not a good reason to ruin our country dude sorry you'll yeah. make more money have a little more faith in yourself yeah you know look i don't want to kiss goodbye money on taxes there's nothing yeah. worse than it like i i, I have crushed a hard, my soul much i'm with her obviously like i'm very i'm a staunch hillary supporter i try to keep an open mind and an open dialogue on why people make their choices so long as they're not blatantly racist or homophobic or prejudiced um so i try to keep an open because i don't want to isolate people by coming across but i'm very staunchly hillary clinton like I've, i don't understand like see normally hillary, i'm please. like that normally i'm like that i'm open to a little bit of a debate like you know knowing that my stepdad's conservative i still have to love the guy I'm i do love very, him yeah like you know but at the same time especially in this election yeah. this election in particular is um i there's just like an unprecedented need for both discussion and also an unprecedented reason to not give a fuck what anyone who's voting for trump thinks like not get i wouldn't give it a second thought other than to just try and figure out how i can change the situation like it terrifies me it terrifies me too but we live in a democratic oh sorry we live in um oh my god like this is a democracy yeah we live in we live in a we live in a country where we have the a right god like we have the god-given right to vote you know what I mean? So Absolutely. I want I it's almost like this is the process of it. So I I kind of welcome the diverse voices, even when they are offensive, because we do live in a place where we have the ability to speak our minds, which is like, yes. I'll take that over uh, <laughs> like the alternative, which is very, you know, of, you know, and where in Syria where they're getting, you know what I mean? It's like so. So political, everybody. Yeah. No, but I mean, this is also you and I's personality and that like, I think that both of us are always trying to find a reason why someone should be able to exist or why someone's Mm -hmm. opinion matters. That's our liberal arts education. Absolutely. And I also think that it's like you and I are just... Like I, I, the older I get, the more I realize that I do look for the best in people. Like I I always used to like, if I would get mad about someone, you're like, I always try to see the best in... I always try to see the best in people. I actually got into quite a bit of trouble for this on Please Advise because I found out that I had an opportunity to potentially have Rachel Dolezal on the show. And I just mm. was like, look, like, I don't agree with what she's done, but Which I, I was kind of against. Yeah. Well, Christina wasn't into it at all. But and my point was that I am interested in the fact that like at the end of the day, Regardless of how she earned her education, whether it be right or wrong, she is an educated woman. Like right. before this scandal blew up, she lived a lot of life, like lives and lies, but 
she's lived a lot oh, of life. You have to, yeah, and you so have to talk to her. Oh my god. I I said, well, no. Here's the thing: is that I said, like, I'd be interested to just kind of hear what her perspective on life is. You know, as just a different right. person. Yeah. That's what we do on the show. I always am very clear. I don't agree with all of my guests. They say a lot of things. That I and don't that's agree with. What makes us human? We and don't have to agree exactly. We don't have to agree with each other. If we all have the same opinion, that would be a frightening world. And just because we let them speak doesn't necessarily mean we condone what they say. No, exactly. absolutely not. Absolutely not. But at the same time, like there were so many people that reached out to me and were like so offended that it even seemed like I was trying to justify what Rachel Dolezal did, which is not which was not my intention. My intention was to say that she's a fucking human being, and regardless of her actions, it, it would just be very interesting especially at that point in time to have someone on even if I didn't agree with their actions so many people were offended by that and so I find that that sort of thing comes up a lot in this election too where it's like you and I or anything else like you and I are the type of people who are always trying to find a person's place in the world it's very hippy dippy like uh, there are a lot of people who just don't give a fuck what someone's place in the world is if they I think they're think a bad we person. we live in a culture that's very easily offended by things I think like it also speaks to their lack of struggle you know what I mean? Like, I think when you've struggled and you've over, like, I've been in very, very, very scary situations um, where there is rampant homophobia, almost threats of violence or whatever. And I've kept my cool and I've been able to coexist with people that I would have no normal desire or business coexisting with. But with that said, I do find people are hypersensitive. I think we're in a, everyone's a winner generation sort of thing. And I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I don't know if that part, I don't know if that like, I don't know if that keeps the track of what I'm trying to say. But basically what I'm saying is like, I think there are insane people out there. I don't agree with them. I still think, you know, I'd rather hear the crazy and sit there and try to debate it than just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I just, I think everyone's important uh, opinion is very important. I don't know if Rachel Dolezal's important uh, opinions important on this podcast. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I just, but there's like a train wreck quality on- to it where I want to know, like I need to know, like I'm kind of like, what possessed you to do this? Like I'm kind of that's like, and I have literally no interest. Yeah. And that's why we're that's okay. You know what I mean? I think that if it was something that happened to her as a child that was unfortunate, I think that there's a lot of really dark ways that people manifest their trauma. And I'm not saying that's what happened, and I'm not saying that anything she did was right because of it. But I think it speaks a lot to like the state of the human condition that like, you know, I don't know, I've been like doing I've been doing all this weird Googling about monarch mind control, MK Ultra. And like I uh obviously I don't think it's 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 real, but like the whole basis of this is that a lot of people are put into very traumatic situations as children and their personalities divide off into different ways and compartmentalize. It used to be called multiple personality disorder. Okay. Since then, it's, t- it's very mm, United States yeah. of Terra. And okay. We found out United States of Terra was basically... Uh, spoiler alert, the show's been off for five years, so I feel like I can say this. Do you think that that's Rachel? Like, a little bit, like, there's something... I don't know if that's Rachel, but I know that I think... A, I, I know that I think a lot of... My opinion is that a lot of unexplainable, strange behavior comes a lot of time from childhood trauma Okay, that people weren't able to process, their parents weren't open to, there was some sort of religious restriction, 
Or the parents were so fucked up that the behavior was somehow reinforced and mm-hmm. the victim was shamed mm-hmm. for it. But I think that there's a lot of way that ways that people have personality breakdowns that later in life lead them to do things that seem unfucking explainable. And the explanation is quite simple, which is that they are a victim of many traumas. Right. Um, anyway, moving on. Moving on, yeah. Um, Real Housewives of New York will be over by the time uh, this airs, so let's not talk about that. Let's just go into our questions. Awesome. Hey, Malls. This is Courtney. I've called in one other time, um, but I've always been too scared to. Um, So this is me drunk at 2.30 in the morning on a Friday night, and I'm calling because, like, I'm in a situation right now. Um, I went out drinking with my best friend, and we were both really drunk, and I'm still currently very drunk, and, like, we're both, like, just, like, messes right now, obviously, and, like, she drove me to the bar, and, like, we were both flirting with these guys, and... My guy left, which sucks, because, like, if he wanted it, he could have gotten it, but he obviously didn't, and her guy was, like, super into her, and they were, like, flirting, obviously, all night, and, like, she just left me to go fuck him, and it's, like, whatever, like, she just broke up with her boyfriend, so, like, obviously, I want her to get some, but, like, she drove me there, (laughs) so, like, I'm trying to reconcile, like, wanting her to have, like a good time but like also like am I a piece of shit like is she just gonna leave me at this bar um so I like walked home from the bar which was like far away and I had to take off my heels and like I walked by myself and it was like whatever but like she's having sex with him right now and I'm just like what the fuck should I be mad should I be happy for her should I stop feeling sorry for myself like, what is this whole situation? Am I being selfish or am I rightfully, like, upset to be, like, not having sex in my apartment right now with sore feet and, like, a bruised ego because I'm not having sex and she is? And also she left me at the bar. So please advise. Thanks, Malls. I literally love you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Well, no offense. I mean, no, just you can be offended. Like, you're both kind of pieces of shit because she drove (laughs) to a bar and you intended to drive home with her and facilitate a drunk driver. And that's one of the most selfish, stupid fucking things you can do. And I've done things like that. Uh, I've been in a car with someone who was driving drunk before and I was young and very stupid and also very selfish. And I really think that it's like, sorry, I think it's pretty shameful that you guys are driving to the bar. I mean, it sounds like you don't have Uber. You maybe can't afford it. Um, I don't know where you live in America that doesn't have Uber, but I am aware that there are places that do not. Um, so I don't under I really don't understand it. Um, I, I don't understand that whole piece of it, and I'm kind of caught up on it. I don't want to lecture you, but like, stop being a fucking asshole. Don't drive drunk. Like, call up one of your friends that's sober or something and say, "Hey, can you like drop me off at the bar?" Like, call your fucking parents. Like, do anything you need to do, but you don't need to get drunk so badly that you get in a drunk car, or a car with a drunk driver, and. 
I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, re- I'm just really upset about that. I hate drunk driving. It's like it to me. It's just that's how my father died. I just don't. And but that shouldn't even be the reason why. Like lots of people die. They also kill other people. I don't like it. Uh, but Ed, I, I, you go into this. I'll diffuse and answer the meat of the um, question. I agree with Molly. Drunk driving is is you know abominable, and it's also like um, you know you just first of all don't drive to the bar drunk. Number one and. You know, it. everyone's been there. Everyone's done it. It's not good. You know, like... I've never driven drunk. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what? I, no, I, li- well, no I, I think you have. But... Um, when? Oh, like back in the day when we were in our 20s. Like, you know... Oh, no, I've dr- been in a car with a drunk No, car. no, but you've you've driven when you were not sober. But... Um, no, I've never... I literally swear on a stack of Bibles, I have never gotten into a car after I've, that's why I, I've never taken a car out. That- no, no, babe. But remember when you like did Molly, like you did ecstasy and like got on the 10, like when you were at HBO. Oh no, that's- but it hadn't kicked in. It hadn't kicked in. Right. Okay. I mean, okay. that's okay. okay. That's a subset. So that's a, that's, that's a, okay. I've told that story before. Okay. We can leave that okay. in. When that's I was fine. 22, I took a Molly when I was leaving work and then drove on the 10 and it kicked in right around the time I got home. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like drunk driving is not, is, 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 is not safe. It's not acceptable. Don't do it. That's 100%. And you know, this is a learning lesson, you know? Um, but also your friend, uh, who's leaving you at the bar, pay attention to that because that's going to happen again. So what you need to do is you need to know that if you like this friend and you're going to go out with them, that chances are, if some dick comes into play, the dick's going to get chosen over you. So what you should always do is make other arrangements to make sure you can get a cab or an Uber. Or if you're going to walk, make sure you're in comfortable shoes because you should not plan on that. And it does feel shitty. I've We've all been there. I've gotten left for dick and it's fine. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it happens to the best of us. And then there may come a time in your life where you ditch a friend for dick and, you know, I mean, or vagina or whatever you want. I think that the fact that or she both. didn't say anything to her and just kind of ghosted her. I did have a friend do that to me once. And yeah. this was like pre-Uber. This yeah. was like I was very broke. Like I probably had $14 to my name and yeah. I was out drinking like one Tecate. Um, I... It was they. I was like ten miles. I was like six or seven miles from home, and thank God there was another person I knew at the bar that yeah. I was able to say, "Do you mind giving me a drive a ride home?" Because I wouldn't have even been able to afford a cab out of there. I've flat out been ditched by friends for sex, and here's the thing: like it sucks. It doesn't feel good, but that was a learning lesson for me. My only thing I will say is this: is that the person who did that to me never did it again. They were a little bit callous about how they did it. And I look back on it and I think that probably was a booty call. And he was like, I'm not even going to bother telling Molly. I'm just going to get out of here. Um, And I think that he also knew that I was with other people so that like I I would figure it out somehow. Um, And when I called him out on it, he was kind of like, what? Like, why do I need to tell you? Like, why would I need to tell you? And like, it was also like this person, I had some contention in our friendship. And I, and you know, he also was, I probably a sex addict or something. No, um, but I, uh, I do want to say it can be, it can be symptomatic of a bigger problem, something that could happen to you again. She also just could have a little bit of a selfish streak, but I think that you really kind of understand you hit the nail on the head when you said she just went through a breakup. This is a crazy time for her. 
That's probably very true. And people act in certain ways when they're heartbroken. Yeah. That I mean, I remember when Derek and I broke up, like literally for I would say probably eight months after we broke up, like my chest hurt. Like I literally could feel my heart being broken. And that that is a really scary, sad time in your life. And you do things you would never do again. Um, so Throwing that out there in terms of you feeling like, you know, it's not fair that you're not having sex and she is, um, you're going to meet other guys at other bars. You don't need to have sex every weekend. I'm sure you're going to meet another guy some other time. Yeah, it sucks that your friend is being penetrated and you're not, but does it? You get to wake up tomorrow by yourself. You don't have to deal with someone. You're not going to be slightly- awkward morning. Yeah. Like, clo- you know, like I don't even stay till the morning. I just leave. After. Oh, dang. Okay. Thank Christina. She's just like, that's actually, that weirds me out. Like when a guy, if a guy did that to me, like leave after we had sex, I was like, well, I'm never seeing that person again because he doesn't care about me. Like, that's the point, right? But you, but like you will, you will, like you don't, you don't care if that makes someone feel horrible about themselves. I feel like going into it, going into it, we usually are on the same page. Mutual understanding. Okay. Okay. Like, like what it is. Okay. Okay. I just think that, like, I think I agree with Molly. Especially if it's, like, an established fuck buddy situation. Okay. I think that (laughs) you might want to say something to the person and, you know, I just would keep my expectations to a minimum. Yeah. Like, I I don't know if you're going to get, like, a big apology. I think that they may be doing them. When your friend goes through a breakup, you kind of have to, you know... Just remember that we got a call at two. Th- she called us at two thirty in the morning. By tomorrow morning, by the day after this, she probably wasn't even mad anymore. Yeah. Um. And I think that her friend probably has already apologized to her. I mean, I just don't under. I don't imagine how outside of the situation I described to you with guys. Guys can just be dicks. Uh. But with girlfriends, like. You usually are cognizant enough to apologize. I also think like, if you really are like a good friend, like I would never do that to you. Like I would actually ask you and be like, hey, like, are you covered? Are you good? Is it okay if I do this? 100%. You know, that's what you do. That's the polite thing to do. You, you kind of like. I would like Venmo money to the person. Yeah. Or be like, like, at least yeah. cover your cab because yeah. like, I got to go. Yeah. But, like, gotta get, get we in. all legit are like. BFF like we are BFF like I don't know how well these two people know each other like you I know you would never do that you're so generous and thoughtful that you would be like I'm gonna fuck this person over I'm gonna make sure they have cash for a cab or whatever like if you had gone through a breakup I'd be wanting you to get all the dick you know what I mean so I'd be like yeah do it you know what I mean and like that's the other thing too be a little bit more compassionate with your friend she's going through a hard time and also like when that guy left you why didn't you just find another dude I mean, I don't know. I will then point- was she third wheeling it with the other two trying to get it in? Or I've heard the expression swamp donkey before. And a swamp donkey is like the person that when the lights come up at 145 and it's like closing time starts playing, you just look for whatever swamp donkey's left and you roll with him. I actually feel bad. That would suck to spend the entire night talking to a guy and getting sort of like a little bit of an investment going, not maybe necessarily an emotional investment, but like, yeah, I would sleep with this guy. Like he's kind of he's kind of cool. Like he's got something special about him. Uh, I after that, after meeting someone like that, I wouldn't want to pick a swamp donkey up. Yeah, swamp donkeys. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's basically that's amazing. Or go home. I don't know. 
Yeah. Or, you know, don't be a hater. You know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, I understand because I've been hurt by friends who've ditched me and I'm like, whoa, like they just left. But then I'm like, all right, well, that's a lesson learned. You have a friend that consistently kind of just disappears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. And like that for me is like, I first of all, I don't understand how you're still friends with this person. I know. I know. You're enjoying the club. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never understood this one. She's never been a big fan. But that, that said, like that is... First of all, it's abandonment. It's fucked up. And and like in certain people that can trigger a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's also just like, oh, you don't care about anyone. Like Ella, when you so Irish wasted. goodbye on your friends. Yeah. Like when Irish goodbye on your friends is like I do that. You don't even say goodbye, Christina. Like you're you're that wasted. You can't say goodbye. You go, no, out, I'm not wasted, you go out with but... me and Ed, you you would just leave the bar and not say goodbye. No, I'm saying like if it's a group of five more than three i probably irish goodbye do you send a text after saying i had fun also no Girl, that's a little rude no like, you're gonna friends call you out. That's a little rude. <laughs> because certain friends like you have to plan the night accordingly like for example molly's in a phase i think where she's a little bit more on the earlier end oh yeah fu- so I, I fuck tr- you i'm in bed by 11 so i try not to put molly in situations <laughs> where i feel like if i if i know it's going to be like a one or two amer i'm like I was out till three in the morning last night. Okay, well, that's a rare night for you lately. Oh, yeah, it was a rare night. Oh, it was a rare night. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I almost hooked up with like a 19-year-old. Good. No, I didn't. Good. He was real. No, he. This is his deal, and we'll wrap it up and move on to the next call. He was really, really hot, and then I realized that he reminded me of someone, Holden Caulfield, specifically. The first five pages of Catcher oh, in the God. Rye. Okay. Like, I was like, you would steal someone's winter gloves for the thrill of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. would just, you would hire a 45-year-old prostitute to keep yourself busy. Like, and I, I, I mean, I full, I was real with him. I'm like, you're holding Caulfield. I'm like, you're the fucking, you're the Pink Panther in a Dior blazer right now, honey. He yeah. was wearing a Dior blazer. <laughs> oh, he, was, he was actually cute, 29. Today's episode of Please Advise is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. And they've got more than the standard Loot Crate, too. Loot wear to keep your geek fashion chic, loot pets to bring out your pet center nerd, loot anime, loot gaming. The options are limitless. Get ready for September's high adrenaline theme, Speed. This month's Loot Crate has a high-octane assortment of goodies from Batman, CW's The Flash, and Arrow, Battlestar Galactica, Iron Man, and Gone in 60 Seconds. Purchase your new Loot Crate subscription by going to lootcrate.com slash malls, that's M-O-L-L-S, and enter code malls to save $3 off on any new subscription. You guys got to enter it twice. You've got until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. But when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So order your Loot Crate today. That's LootCrate.com slash malls. Offer code malls to save $3 on your new Loot Crate subscription. Thanks again to this week's sponsor. Please advise Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combines two technologies, springy latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right amount of sink and just the right amount of bounce. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It's a breathable design that sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature throughout the night. Super clutch for any other night sweaters out there. And best of all, if you aren't satisfied with your Casper mattress, you've got 100 days to return it. That's 100 days 
to return it for a full refund. Get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com slash advise and entering the promo code advise. That's casper.com slash advise, promo advise to save $50 toward your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Malls. Hey, Christina. Hey, guests. My name's Dre. I have a problem in that I do not know how to chill. Um, I have not, no chill. And I, like, I have a great fiancé. He's everything. He's the best. But when we go on vacation, I always need an itinerary. Like, I need to have plans. I don't know how to relax. Um, we get along brilliantly, but I just do not know how to give up my life and just enjoy. So what do I do? Like, I, I get massages. I like to talk to the masseuse when I do that. When I get my nails done or when I get my hair done, I just can't shut the fuck up. I have a real problem and I think I'm comfortable when I do this, but I also feel like I'm tense and like I need to just like, 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 like slash, like, you know, like Tom Hanks when he just like at the end, he like dies in and lets go and he's like a merman. I feel like I need to do that. I don't know how to do that. Help. Love you. Bye. Okay, so let's just all get on the same page for a sec. So no chill has a lot of definitions. No chill can mean that you lack a filter and you just say whatever. No chill can mean uh, you lack the ability to relax. No chill means that you can just be like really quick to put things and people on blast. Uh, no chill can mean a lot of things. But I think in the in the variety that you're discussing, she's saying that is the... Um, that's basically like she's a nervous talker. Like when she goes to get a massage, she can't shut the fuck up because she wants to have chit chat with the masseuse. When she goes on vacation. I'm like that too. When she goes on vacation. I, I know you are. And this is sometimes the only area where like when we go on a vacation, sometimes I want to kill Molly you. Molly hates it. She hates it when I do it. Well, it's because you here's my it. thing. I love, si- I love a comfortable silence. I think she comfortable does. silence is life. But you, here's the thing. You don't annoy, like, you're not generally annoying. This girl sounds like a nightmare. Like, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think this comes from, a, for a lot of people, it comes from anxiety. Um, it comes, like, the need to feel, like, you you love to talk because you're a very communicative, extroverted person. I think you also have interest in strangers, too, I because I feel... Yes. You, you, well, like, I'm a curious you're person. a curious person. So I think when I see you engage, it's because you have a genuine interest and you like, you like to know about people and their, and their back. And I think it's interesting too, like to know who you're standing next to at a pool. But, but people, but no, <laughs> no. And, and I, th- I agree with you. I think that's, I think that's true too. I just think that at a certain point, like as an introverted person, I'm very sensitive to conversation going on a little bit too long. I'm, I'm, I'm very sensitive. I've definitely been scolded by you for that. I'm for like, sure. dude, yeah, Molly <laughs> but I'm also, you have to realize I'm hyper, hypersensitive. I'm not comparing you to this girl because what I think this girl is dealing with is like, you have a little bit more social awareness of this. She has an awareness to, that she does it, but she's saying like, 
let's say she and her boyfriend are going to Mexico, okay? It can't be enough that they're going to Mexico and they have in mind, like, at some point during this trip, it would be really nice to go into the city and swim with the dolphins. Or at some point during this trip, it would be really nice to, like, go check out some of the old markets or whatever. This girl's like, okay, so we're going to get there Monday. We're going to have the breakfast buffet. I already went ahead and scheduled dinner wow. reservations. I want to go at 2 p.m. I want to be at the dolphin trip. Then from there, I want at night, we can go dancing or we can go just chill out on the beach. But I'm thinking we can do dancing because tomorrow, the next day, we're taking a tango lesson. And like it's like that is the sort of thing where it's like, first of all, why it's so important to be able to have friends you travel with that you can travel well with. Because in general, you and I travel very well together. I would say one of my favorite people to travel with of all time was Morgan Murphy because she also is an only child and she can be very quiet. She's very chill, very go with the the flow. Mm -hmm. My Capricorn is very regimented where I'm like, that's not the order of operations. Like I get rid my brain will break. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that I grew up with my, I think that I grew up with my mom always beating into me that there's nothing almost better than a comfortable silence. Like sometimes you can say more in a comfortable silence about who you are as people and your relationship and dynamic than you can if you spend three hours talking. Um, so I'm just very open. I'm also very open to that. Maybe she taught me that because I talked a lot as a kid and she wanted me to shut the fuck up. But, um, in terms of you having no chill, I mean, it sounds to me like you have really bad anxiety and probably need to go to cognitive behavioral therapy uh, and learn how to deal with that. Maybe get a Xanax prescription. What did she say about the fiance that like she was saying she's always up in his biz or something like she's always like she kind of her no chill. How does that manifest with fiance? I think that at the beginning when she was talking about that, she was kind of using the vacation example. Also, I could see this girl being like beating him over the head with, but when am I going to get the ring? But I know you want to marry, but when am I getting it? But like, have you thought about it? Have you picked it out? Right. Like, I think that that's a little bit what she means by no chill. It's not just enough to know that she's in a good relationship and it's solid and it's going somewhere. She needs to like get to the punchline, which, you know, I've realized for a lot of people like older I've gotten, it really is about the journey. It's all about the journey. It's not the destination. And when you want to hurry up and get to something like an engagement, it's like, why are you wishing that most beautiful time in your relationship away? When you're first in love, you will never get that back. And you will spend times in your relationship solely surviving on the memories and the feelings that you had during that initial phase. So it's like it's saying like, I, you know, giving giving birth at the hospital and saying, I, I can't wait to find out where she goes to college. Where is she going to go to college? You have 18 years to enjoy. That's true. Yeah. Definitely the takeaway is be in the moment. Like be in the moment. Like be more in the moment. Like stop focusing on what's next. Focus on right now. I think I want really want to hear your Myers-Briggs though because I think that you are naturally an extrovert. I think that you and I probably have the exact same Myers-Briggs outside of – um, the first letter is an I or an E. You Introvert. and me, or you and or you and No Chill. You and me. Oh, um, I work with someone who has the E. She's an ENTJ. Yeah, and so like the different. I, I well, I no, you have to do your Myers Briggs, is what I'm saying. But like, I think that you and I probably have the exact same personality, except you're an E for extrovert, and I'm an I for introvert. And so I think that's why you and I get together in so many planes, and why honestly, like. 
that's why I love to be salt and pepper shakers with you. Like, I love to have you as my date at every party because, like, we balance each other out so well. You know what I mean? Like, the areas where I fail, like, you pick up for me. And I also feel like I can help you out, too, in certain things. And Like, Like, I really want Molly to come with me to my high school reunion before I was not even... Oh, for sure. Fathoming. I, I I have to be honest. Please advise nation. Not even fathoming. I got the invitation. I like threw it down by my desk. I was like, I'm not going to that. And then I got an email yesterday. And then literally when I first thought I was like, the only way I'll go is if Molly goes with me. And then I got an email from this guy I played football with, which is a very strange sense to utter for coming from me. Yeah. Understandably for a lot of people. But it's my it is. It's like people are always like, what? Um, but I got an email. I'll show Molly the email. I got this message. And so I was I'm kind of so like, excited. I would love to go with you to that. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I would love to I, do that. I was shocked, to be honest, that I'm even like, I got this from a guy I played football with. And this is very like, I would need my best friend slash soulmate by my side. Oh, and yeah. And I think this isn't a thing that she could, that Molly could That's have a great. good time at. You That's know what I mean? Great. I also think it's a thing. Then Molly Hopefully would enjoy. single, honey. Um, but yeah, I uh, I would I would absolutely love to do that with you. But I have to ask you just because like I've never been inside anyone else's brain, and I would love to know like what like when we drive out to Palm Springs, why like what about that makes like makes that want to be conversation time for you? Whereas I I like in the car just want to zone out and be quiet. Like what about that? Is like is it a, is it a rare opportunity? Like is it an opportunity to talk? Or it's like do you feel like we're together we should be talking or like what's the i can't even imagine what the reason is like why do you love to talk in the car oh oh yeah i i find it interesting people who want to drive in silence because that is just like i need to catch up that's like the catch-up time or like that's the private time we have before we go to a party or something. we always drive in silence and listen to like this american life like oh because we'll we're actively like- listening to something oh okay yeah. okay I don't know. I just like hearing your voice. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you think. I want to, I see a windmill and talk about a windmill. I don't know. Like, I just, don't you just sometimes just want to know, like, or some random thought pops up. It's not awkward or uncomfortable. No. Like, it's not like, ooh, I need to make conversation because I don't know what to do. It's like, literally, like, I'm just like, I just want to hear what my best friend thinks or like, but also that doesn't mean like, if we drove further, I bet there would be long stretches of silence. Like, like, like when Chase and I drove across country, there were moments where there were long stretches of silence and we would just be like staring at the tree or like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I bet you if we went further in, like, because you and I have only driven to San Francisco as far as we've gone. And I remember, I'm sure there were moments. Also, we had that one crazy trip with Wags and Bam Bam. So that was like, and we were both hungover. <laughs> that and was by horrible. the way, can I just say, I'm so glad that Bam Bam, while he's still with us, like RAP or, you know, not R.I.P. Rest in uh, yeah. life. <clears throat> R.I.L. Uh, I just I can I literally now that I look back, I never liked Bam Bam. I was always fucking terrified of Bam Bam. Yeah. I feel quite vindicated. Totally. I have to be honest. I feel quite totally. vindicated yeah. because you were like, Wags is so is so sensitive around dogs, which is true. But um, I'm like. Yeah, but this dog, I'm afraid of. Yeah. So, like, yeah. of course, the fucking wagon stuff's yeah, afraid of him. For sure. I, I, yeah, that was. Bam, bam. Yeah, Christ. Once bitten, right? Yeah, literally. literally. And also, just thank God for, oh, my God, thank God that dog's out of our lives. That was yeah. so scary to be at your house during those times. Ed's going to read our letter. This is from Anon- Anonymous. Please advise Nation. I had been dating a celebrity's son, and while we were dating, I found out I was pregnant. I didn't want an abortion, but he wanted me to get one. In short, while in early pregnant while in early pregnancy, he managed 
to convince me after a lot of pressure to get an abortion. When we went to our appointment, they had me down for a medical abortion instead of a surgical. So I took the abortion pills. I took one at the clinic and then the other four the following day. After he thought it worked, he said I was making him miserable because I was emotional about everything because I'd never wanted an abortion in the first place. A couple of weeks later, I still found out I was pregnant. The pill hadn't worked. He and his mother started pressuring me to go again and get an abortion. Long story short is they wanted me to get an abortion. The last time they tried to make me get one was at 20 weeks pregnant. I told him I was keeping the baby and he ceased all contact with me. His best friend has been smearing me to his all his friends and made me and made up a fake Facebook account to use something against me from eight years ago. I found out from one of his friends and also a fan of his dad sent me a screenshot of a message she received from the fake account. I have many emails from his mom trying to bribe and coerce me into getting the abortion, using my feeling for her son against me, trying to manipulate my emotional state. I know his family is going to try and make it seem like I planned this because of the timing of the movies dad just filmed and everything that's surrounding it. Oh God, I feel like I know who this is, but I'm not. We're okay. Um, because it's a huge franchise. I don't think insert major studio here is aware of the situation. I have all the text messages from him and his mother, all the emails from them. And some of the emails are sent to me from his dad's fan request email as well as screenshot of his friend telling him to manipulate me and lie to me to get me to do what he wanted and that he had to do everything possible. They're trying to have their lawyers threaten me from discussing on any social media. Isn't it my right, though? I had never signed a non-disclosure agreement. I'd like to make people aware of the situation. I don't think that because his dad is famous and that the family should be allowed to get away with treating someone that doesn't want abortion like this. My entire pregnancy has been high risk and miserable because of the situation. I don't know what to do anymore. Any advice would be amazing. I mean, first of all, wow and thank you so much for trusting us with this because this is a juicy. Like this is like Very. this is me and Ed's dream letter to get. I'm so sorry for your scenario. I'm not trivial trivializing it, but like I mean, sad. literally, really the, I mean, it's so sad. But like, this, God, God is smiling upon us right now. You realize that, yeah, right? No, like no, the totally. fact that we got to be a part of this is just like next level. Like I can't even. This is like I feel. I feel so. Um, I, I feel. I feel. I feel invincible. Like I feel like I'm. I feel immortal in this moment. Um. Wow. Okay. So. Wow. Okay. So you and I both. We both have theories about who we think this is. We will not say anything. Um. I think that what is going on in your situation is horrific. Um. I think that the most important thing you can do for your child, um, and for your future is to make sure that you're monetarily compensated for this. Um, and that means uh, you'll probably have to hire a lawyer, which is very expensive. But in the long run, it will be worth it because you will be able to take care of yourself and your child for a very long time. It's very important that your child has health care, that you guys are not living below the poverty level because some fucking douchebag celebrity child thinks that he can uh, manipulate his way out of this. You know, this is a very common you know, whispered secret in this business that, uh, you know, a big famous guy, or in this case, a family member gets someone pregnant and there's a lot of pressure to get an abortion because of the way that it's going to seem and sound. Um, and, uh, you know, they just don't want to deal with the, you know, they figure, oh, I'll throw $100,000 at you getting an abortion and shutting the fuck up. And, you know, ultimately they went out because they'd probably have to spend that on child support and child care anyway. Um, 
this is horrific. Um, I, first of all, just wanted to say that I, I, I've never had an experience, uh, with a pregnancy before. Um, but the last time I ever went to Planned Parenthood, there was a 14 year old girl in the next room, um, getting an abortion. And, um, she, I guess when the process was described to her, she got really, really afraid of having a surgical abortion and she wanted to take the pills home and do it at home. And I could hear the nurses kind of talking back and forth about the benefits of trying to get her to stay for the surgical abortion because the at-home thing can be very traumatic because you're all alone and there's so much bleeding that goes on after and it's just a very emotional, messy situation. Um, I will say, I think I've said on this podcast, oh no, I said on the Love Alexi podcast, I've taken Plan B twice. One of the times the guy was such a jerk to me about my emotions and I'm like, we're in this situation because of a broken condom, um, which is not necessarily your fault, but like it, I mean, it definitely took two to tango in this place. And I've just put a bunch of fucking hormones in my body to try and help not just myself, but both of us and to prevent uh, a life being born. That's going to be compromised and challenged, uh, because you, uh, because because we decided not to do this. Uh, I, I mean, I just think he's a horrible person. I think this guy sounds absolutely horrible. Um, it's it's incredibly, incredibly depressing and awful, the situation he's put you in. I can also say that when my mom was pregnant with me, I wrote about this in that little ebook I wrote a couple of years ago. My mom was pregnant with me. Um, my dad started to spread a rumor that he was potentially not the father of he wasn't my father. And, um, he was of course the father. Um, and my mom managed to use my dad's allegations as a loophole to keep his name off my birth certificate. Um, and that basically gave him no court or parental rights over me. There are lots of people that consult people on how to handle these things. There are marriage and family counselors. There are lawyers. She needs a good lawyer. You need need like a Gloria Allred girl. Like seriously, email Gloria. For real. Like, I think a Gloria Allred, Gloria feel, I feel like Gloria would love this. I also want to say that, you know, I, while I think Gloria Allred would absolutely love this, I think it is also in the best interest of your child and yourself to keep this out of the press if you can. Yeah. Because um, that will get you a lower settlement. One, they're going to be even more hesitant about giving you a great settlement because. Um, and you can let them know it's not blackmail to say that I need to take care of my child. It's not blackmail. It's not. To say you need I to need be able to, to provide. You have to. You like they, it take two to tango. You know. What and I'm you saying? need someone like, that can write a letter that's going to say there's two ways to go about this. This can go public, and we will make sure that she receives the money that she is due. Or you can do the right thing because this child will be living. Uh, 20 weeks, very, very late term abortion. Very late term. For, for, well, still being a legal act. I think you have to like give birth at that point. Like you would have to actually like, it almost like you have to. Yeah, that's, that's it's, it's quite, it's it's quite traumatic. And I am just so sorry that you're dealing with this. So sorry. But Uh, I think she, yeah, I think she needs to consult a very, don't be scared to get an attorney and you need an attorney either way. What does she do if she has no money? She needs to approach the attorney and let them decide the the mag. You know what I'm saying? They could take this on pro bono. They could take this on on a contingency basis. 
I would start researching high-end attorneys, you know, and go from there and work your way down the list. You need someone who's savvy enough to get you what you need. Unfortunately, like the press is a leverage point for you. Unfortunately, like, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, like I agree with Molly, I think get keep it out of the press. That's not your best option, but it is a card. Yes, that's exactly a card that you can play. It's, and like, and just say there's, it could go the easy way or the hard way. The easy way is you doing the right thing. And the hard way is for, you know, this to just go very, very public at a time that it does not benefit your family to have. Yeah. Ugh. I, ugh. I don't like this. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm really so, sorry. so sorry. And it is your right. You know, it's your right to choose and that, and that, you know, and. It's, it's, you know, so yeah, I just think that at this point, lawyer, lawyer up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for calling. And, uh, yeah, I really, really appreciate you trusting us with this. And I would absolutely more than anything, love to hear back from you about this because this is, uh, this is something that really affects this is this is a big story. This is big. These are the kind of decisions that are awful for anyone to ever have to make or deal with ever. And then you add on the fact that you were dealing with people who are scary, are making it very clear that they are bigger than you, have more than you, uh, and really trying to intimidate you. Uh, and that's and that's just honestly in my mind one of the most awful things you can do to a person, especially a young woman uh, who's alone and pregnant. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I wish you the best of luck. And I really pray that you get a great lawyer and just keep trying lawyer, 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 lawyer. I cannot emphasize that enough. We're in 2016. You need a lawyer. Yes. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hi, Malls. This is Ashley. And I live in New York City. And I love you so very much. And I'm calling because I am going to Beyonce very soon. And I know you went to Beyonce, and it looked like you had the best time ever, and you got, like, a really cool jacket there. Um, And I just wanted to know what tips you have for me to live my best life at Beyonce, because I'm so excited, and I can't wait to see what you have to say. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Well, I'm going to Beyonce again. I'm very excited to say I'm going uh, at Dodgers Stadium with Please Advise Superfan Logan, who's flying in. Um, but, um, yeah, my number one tip for Beyonce is to remember that this is a show that was built for arenas. Uh, we had very, very close seats, which was amazing and like such a treat and so cool to see B like in the flesh that close. Um, but because this is a show that's built for arenas, no matter whether, like whether you have nosebleeds or whatever, you're going to see the show. Like it's built for a room full of, you know, a hundred thousand people to see it. Um, at the same time, um, you know, champagne problems. I experienced this when I went to see, um, Kanye, uh, after watch the throne, we were, my friend Morgan and I were a little too close. Like we got like basically front row seats and we were both, our necks were craned trying to see Kanye. So like for big arena shows, the ticket is not to get close. The ticket is to be close enough that you can afford it. It's not going to break the bank, but it's still a treat. No matter what, you're going to see a great show. Um, the one thing that I regretted about this show was I, uh, took Molly and it was it was great to take Molly. It was awesome. It was a fun show. It's always fun to take Molly. Whatever. Please don't do it because I said I did it. I'm not. I know I get very high quality drugs. Um, but 
Um, what? I know it's clean. I have it tested beforehand by a chemist. It's clean. Um, so I feel a little bit more confident than just saying like, hey, uh, girl in fucking Spokane, like go see if you can dig up some ecstasy somewhere. Um, no. Um, that said, um, I... I think that like you want to be as aware as possible. I've had a lot of people actually say this to me. They got too high. They got too drunk or whatever. And because of that, they felt like they didn't remember as much as they wish they did from like, what is the most fabulous night? Um, uh, the jacket is probably the most, most worth it thing that I bought in terms of it was the only merch I bought, but, um, it's actually a really warm, nice, high quality jacket. Um, it's really, really warm and well made. So I would recommend, you know, out of all of the bands that I've seen, um, I would say that Beyonce's merch is some of the sturdiest and most wearable, which I really appreciate as a fan because you could um, sell a t-shirt that cost a dollar to manufacture for $40 and it doesn't matter because you're going to get $40 anyway. But Beyonce, or you're going to get the merchandise anyway, but Beyonce really does um, put money into manufacturing her items and they last. They're made to last. Um, what did you What did you think about the whole thing? Because you were like living your life. Um, I think the most important thing to do is to number one, get me bodied. Um, <laughs> number one, mission one, got to get you some Beyonce that is. And I just think being present, being in the moment, as much as you're tempted to try to limit your phone usage, because it's like, yes, you're staring at a living goddess, a living goddess through a screen and I was guilty of this because I was all like, oh, I want to get every moment. But we were also lucky because our phones almost died. True. Yeah. True. Oh, that's another thing to think about. Don't use your phone because then it dies on your Uber. And yeah. we had to walk very far to get our Uber. Remember? we? Well, that's just also because like, uh, I'll never forget. Lara Shanehals told me that when she went to see the On the Run tour, um, that she or Mr. or Mrs. Carter, I think that was called On the Run, right? Um, I think so. She spent $250 getting from Pasadena, even after she walked, getting from Pasadena to West Hollywood because of the surcharges. Right. So, like, the jig is up on on driving to shows in L.A. Like, the more and more people I know, they don't drive to the bowl. Yeah. Which, by the way, don't drive to the Hollywood Bowl. Leave no. us alone. It ruins life. Christina lives right by the Hollywood Bowl. Like, I, when I was working at Warner Brothers, I had to go right through the Hollywood Bowl traffic oh. every single... It was Horrible. the worst. Horrible. Don't drive to concerts. Walk. Like, get as close... When I went to um, Peter Gabriel and staying with Ryan Bailey. Ryan Bailey, poor Ryan. I always make him walk a lot with me. We walked pretty far. Uh, Ryan and I, though, I was going to make us walk from we had dinner at birds because for some reason in my mind birds was a lot closer to the hollywood bowl than it is i forgot about that highway underpass and so because <laughs> i always think it's really easy we probably should have eaten at like solar day coanga anyway point being just be prepared to walk avoid those server uber surcharges uh try and get someone you know to drop you off that was really clutch to have someone drop us off marissa uh, marissa did that on the way there um yeah we had to get a, my sister so generously took us as closely as possible. So which would we walk the rest of the way? And that was smart. And then we walked up pretty far to get the next, to get the Uber. 
Also, just remember, like, people get very dramatic about concerts, and I always, that's when I realized that, like, oh, you're not a person who goes to a lot of concerts. Like, they put so much anticipation into it, and, like, they make all the rookie mistakes of, like, blowing all their money at the merch table, like, right away, and then having to carry their merch around all night. Um, Or, you know, like, just, like, spending a fucking fortune on all this shit that they really ultimately don't need or wouldn't use anyway. People get very, people who don't go to concerts a lot are not streamlined or clean about it. And I think that you need to, like, really do everything you can to just keep your shit together. Be streamlined. Be clean. Don't be extra. Just literally get there on time, enjoy the night, and move on with your damn life. You know what I find really interesting? People who try to look really cute at concerts and get dressed up in, like, high heels and stuff. And I feel like that's not really conducive to the concert experience. Heels because you're walking like around a cute, lot. But heels are not. Yeah, you're walking around a lot. You might be standing for a, a lot of time. So, like, what? What I mean, you, you guys These birds wore- nowadays, you know, they just, I mean, the birds, like, they just, you know, they put their well, heels on. The thing. Like you guys wore B costumes to the to the concert, right? Yeah, yeah and that was great because it was like basically Cold, a yeah. big warm p- pajama, yeah. and um, we were really really comfortable all night, which also helped with like you know the extra party favors we did. And like I, uh, I mean, I loved it. I loved being in my B costume. I had a hood, but I think it was also my Bonnaroo training really set me up for success in going out situations like i know the truth in life is that you need to have a crossbody bag you got to have shoes it's a very utilitarian experience you need to have like a small enough bag that security is not going to make you check it i brought a big tote bag because i wanted to be able to put my b costume in it need be um and they were like you need to check that bag and i was like okay and so uh i just like turned the corner and then folded my bag over a bunch of times and it looked like a little clutch so have all the stuff you need with you, but don't don't go don't go too crazy. Like don't overpack. Like do you know? Remember, like Seventeen magazine would always tell you how to pack your prom purse, and like it would be your purse for prom would include don't, like and, yeah clear nail polish in case your pantyhose run. Like and it's like at the end of the day, you don't use any of that shit. You use none of it. Bring yeah. your wallet. Be smart about where you keep your ID. Keep your shit in your bra if you need to. Be comfortable. Yeah. And like, don't dress like you're going to Bootsy Bellows. You know what I mean? Don't dress like you're going to Giggles and Diamond Bar. Okay. Like, you don't want to, that's not it. That, you know, like, you don't need a bandage dress. Beyonce does not, let me tell you something. You can look cute, but Beyonce does not care about your little mini bandage dress and your heels. I mean, here's no my question. I wonder if the girls in heels are like going to sit in the boxes. I just don't, I just don't think it. Look, God bless. I love heels. If I were a woman, I would be the most high maintenance, crazy, insane bitch. Like I love heels, but at the same time, one must recognize that heels are not comfortable. You're walking through grass, okay? It's like wearing heels on the beach. You know what I mean? Like, which came up recently on a Real Housewives of Melbourne episode. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to wear heels on a beach. Yeah. Save your Louboutin for another time. Why would you wear heels on the beach? It just seems like a disaster. Exactly. Louboutin. Oh my God. All right. I love you guys. Louboutin. Thank you so much for listening to episode 105 of Please Advise with my very best friend, Edward Hansen. Thank you so much for being here, honey. Thank you. I got five on it. (laughs) Oh, you got five on it. Oh, okay, good. Uh, You can find Ed on Twitter at The Real Ed Hansen. You can find him on Snapchat, Ed Hansen1. He's most, but most importantly, to look at me 
on Instagram at Edward Hansen. That's your fave. That's your fave medium. I think so. Well, are you doing Instagram stories? I have been. Yeah, I have been. Last night I was like just snapping the Braxtons. How do you feel about Instagram versus Snapchat? You know, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's very much like Haagen-Dazs chocolate ice cream versus Haagen-Dazs chocolate chocolate chip. You know what I mean? Like it's like I'm fine with either of them. I support both. I'll use both. I don't I don't feel an inner competitiveness for either or. I'll just celebrate both. Either way, it all evens out in the long run. Our Snapchat loyalists will post an Instagram and then they'll feel betrayed by it. And then in two years, no one will be using either one of those apps or they'll be so fucking co-involved. It's just, I'm so tired of people trying to fight the stream, you guys. Technology's coming at us 24-7 all the time. It's our job to adapt to it. Um, All right. Thanks so much for listening. Love you guys. Christina, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Molly. I'll talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to check out our sponsor for this week's episode, Loot Crate. With Loot Crate, you get collectibles, apparel, and more from your favorite pop culture franchises delivered right to your door every single month. A new t-shirt, figures, comics, stuff for your kitchen, and every crate. You guys, typically this isn't my jam. I say this every single week. I am blown away every single month when my Loot Crate shows up to my house by how much stuff is in there for me. Your average basic, pretty little liars loving bitch. There are so many fun things for me in every Loot Crate. I know that our producer, Christina Lopez, who is super into geeky stuff, is obsessed with hers too. So head to LootCrate.com slash malls and enter code malls to save $3 on your new Loot Crate. You've got until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when that cutoff happens, too late, you missed out. So show your support for Please Advise and get your new Loot Crate today. I really, really recommend that apparel box, by the way.